Hope you're ready because it's time for Video Game Rewind. Oh yeah. And now, here's your hosts, Tim and Jacob. That's your cue, idiot. Hey everybody, what's up? This is Jacob from Video Game Rewind. And sitting across the United States from me is uh, not Tim, as usual, but it is somebody way better looking, way better sounding, just uh, a legend, if you will, the one and only Gary Lane. Well, thank you very much. Gary's going to be sitting in with us this uh, this episode. I know it's been a while since we've all been able to get together. It's been crazy. I know last time Gary and Tim had to uh, do it. Now this time it's me and Gary doing it, so it seems like Gary's probably the new host, and me and Tim are just going to rotate. See, <laughs> it's not because we're busy. Me and Tim are actually feuding right now. We're very mad at each other. We, we refuse to talk, but the show must go on. Right, right. Well, I mean, as long as priorities are in order, that's all that matters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. The one show that I was not really going to be that much of a part of besides the occasional segment, I've managed to carry for the past three episodes. <laughs> no, that's true. That's pretty true, actually. <laughs> Minorly carry, I guess. But yeah, it should be noted, this is the first time in 126 episodes that Tim has not hosted an episode. So we're going to try to not mess this up too badly, buddy. Yeah, this is um, this is history in the making. They're <laughs> going to they're going to write stories about they're going to sing songs about us, Gary. It's true. It's true. Uh, but for the for the time <laughs> being, yeah, Tim, Tim is involved with a lot of uh, uh, stuff in his personal life. Nothing bad. Just he's busy with other projects that he's been working on. And I don't think people realize how much work and time goes into a podcast. So the fact that we've gone 126 episodes and this is the first episode he's missed. I mean, this is like a seven day a week job for him. So uh, we just want to let him have a little break for this one and uh, talk about a game that we both really enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing is that if it wasn't for Tim, I wouldn't be here. Gary wouldn't be here. We were both kind of fans, and that's how we you know, all started kind of hanging out and, and doing this thing. Um, and Tim, you know, I know a lot of guys who do podcasts, and they just do the podcast, but Tim looks at it different than that this is a business to him and he's going out and he's he's meeting different people he's putting together all these meet and greets uh you know he's going to different conventions Uh, he definitely puts a lot of work into it so he will never listen to this episode probably but (laughs) tim if you do thank you for me and gary thank you for all you're doing big guy we love you man exactly and uh, I ditto that sentiment. So um, enough praising Tim. Let's we got that out of the way. Um, let's talk yeah, about. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this, or the uh, Earthworm and Cybersuit. Yeah, same thing. And uh, we're going to be talking about the Earthworm Jim video games from basically the mid to late nineties. Yeah. And we'll probably get into a little bit of everything with earthworm Jim. This is something that, uh, I know is Gary's a huge fan of, and it was, I love earthworm Jim. It was just kind of a no brainer trying to think of what we could, you know, try to do a 30 minute episode, if you will, or something to try to fill in for Tim, uh, earthworm Jim. That's, you know, we landed on that pretty quickly. So yeah, I was surprised. I expected a little more back and forth, but you said earthworm Jim and I went, all right, let's do it. So, yeah, well, I knew you loved Earthworm Jim, and I'm a, a, a big fan as well. So it was kind of, for me, it was like, yeah, that's exactly what we need to go to. Yeah, and and it's it's a nice touch. It's it's a little it's a little uh, something about it feels different than the usual game we talk about on this podcast. Yeah, so um, I'll tell you what. Why don't you take the floor, the mic, if you will, and uh, tell us a little bit about 
kind of the history of the creation of Earthworm Jim. Earthworm Jim was created by Doug Tenaple, who uh, started out his career as an animator on Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, the animated series. And uh, he soon thereafter began working in the video game industry on projects like 1993's incredible Jurassic Park video game for the, uh, for the Sega Genesis and uh, the Jungle Book for the Super Nintendo. And uh, so in 1994, Tenaple decided to create the character Earthworm Jim. It, w- it eventually blossomed into this semi-franchise. I mean, it was never as big as a Mario or a Sonic or a Mega Man or anything like that, but Earthworm Jim has had his fair share in video games. Playmates Toys was successful with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles action figures. Uh, that's to say the least, right? Mm-hmm. So they wanted to start their own franchise, and inspired by the success of the Sonic the Hedgehog series, uh, they decided that they wanted to start a franchise as a video game, which at that time was like a super rare thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's that's one thing. It's it's funny because there for a long time we were seeing a lot of cartoons that were put together just so that way we can have toys. Mm-hmm. And this was a toy manufacturer saying, hey, you know, look at what the Ninja Turtles are doing and all these just these different properties uh let's go ahead and jump in this thing let's let's try to figure out a good character um that we can hopefully you know sell and market the bananas out of (laughs) right and and given the unfamiliar territory at the time like i'm shocked that it worked as well as it did uh, I would never say that anything that Earthworm Jim spawned was super popular, but I think most people are at least aware, you know, and that's that's a pretty big accomplishment. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of it has to do with the design of the game in itself is, is really what pulled people in. Um, and I mean, you know, like you were talking about the the designer um, the, or the animator, if you will, um, getting started on cartoons and then coming over into the video game world, I think that's why we have a lot of the cartoon feel to this video game is because you really do feel like, or at least you did then, now I know video games have a lot better graphics and whatnot, but then you felt like you were actually playing a cartoon. I mean, it it really sucked you in because of the crazy atmosphere, the great graphics that you had, um, all the crazy things that you could do, even though it was, you know, yeah, it was a a run-and-gun platformer, Mm -hmm. but you felt very open because in the game, you know, you you could fall through different uh, areas in the path or you'd have to, um, you know, roll on a a big green gem to float up to the top of the the (laughs) screen and stuff, so... It, it, it had this amazing ability to make you feel like you're playing in an open world game. Then, now we have Skyrim and stuff. But then it made you feel like, you know, oh, I can go anywhere in this game. And it feels like such a cartoon. That's what really drew me into it. And I, I immediately fell in love with this game. I played it on uh, the Super Nintendo, of course. Everybody knows that I'm a Nintendo fanboy. And everybody knows that Gary is a Sega boy. So that's why we wanted to do this game because... Uh, yes, it started on Sega first, but it was not very long after it came to Super Nintendo, so no, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> it. It was like a it was like a matter of a couple weeks, if I'm not mistaken. For the Sega Genesis, it came out August 2nd, 1994, and then for the Super Nintendo, yeah, you're right, it was October of 94 in North America. So yeah, very very yeah, close. extremely close. I don't know why they didn't just release them at the same time. It's it's really bizarre. Well, I, I'm assuming there's probably um. 
of course, there's different things in them. Like the Se- but the Sega had more in it than the Super Nintendo game did. I think there was an extra level in the Sega game, and um, the sound was was actually better. Which Sega was known for having better sound, anyways. Right. Um, but it was actually better in the game. So it's kind of weird. I mean, I don't know why they did that. Maybe they just they probably just had some sort of contract with Sega that they had to release it on there first. Yeah, that's that's probably true. And I I'm not sure. I know that there was one additional level, uh but I it it wasn't a vast difference between the two games. Uh and and not even, you know, sometimes graphics-wise you can tell a big difference, but uh it, it didn't really feel that way uh between the Sega version of this and the Super Nintendo version as I recall cuz I played both, but for me, my original uh playthrough on this game was strangely on the Game Boy. So I got used to a very like green and brown version of this game. And then when I actually popped in the, you know, the full cartridge, I was like, wow, this is this is colorful. Oh yeah, that's crazy because for me it was the Super Nintendo, so and anybody who's not played this game or not even seen this game, um, go to YouTube. You, I mean, a full run through of the game's eight minutes long, um, a speed run on YouTube. So go check that out because wow. the it's it is an amazing. Yeah, I know. I seen every time I watch one of these speed throughs, it makes me sick to my stomach. I just want to punch these guys in the face. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good. Yeah, but it's such an a, amazingly rich game. I mean, it's beautiful. And the thing is, you, you know, kind of doing a little bit of research on it. The reason is that it looks like that is because um, the those behind the game were pigeon held for so long. Pigeon held, pigeon holding. I've heard it both ways, but um, <laughs> they were they they only did licensed games for so long. So since they did licensed games, they had to have a sp- very specific world um, that they built, like Jungle Book. Right. You know, Jungle Book's a very specific world. You have to do exactly what Disney wants you to do. You have to build the world of the Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. And while they were putting together these different games, that's what they kept finding themselves in is that, okay, well, I have to basically build this world someone else created and build this world that somebody else wants me to, to build. So when it came down to Earthworm Jim, it was, well, I can do whatever I want. I can make l- literally this every level whatever I want. That's why we have like the, uh, the you know the junkyard levels, and then we have the different worlds with um, you know it's all lava and and, mm-hmm. and just all of it. Uh, the crazy characters, the villains. I mean, you know, um, just to let somebody know, some of the the villains in the boss battles, you know, there's Cy Crow, Queen right. Slug for a butt, Evil the Cat, Bob the Killer Goldfish, Major Mucus, Professor, Professor Monkey for a head. Yeah. You know, those are the names of the villains. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> come on. And the, and exactly what they sound like, that's what they are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Professor Monkey Forehead is literally a professor with a monkey grafted to his skull. And uh, Exactly. You know, this game doesn't really hold any punches in the grossness and offensive category either, which is fun. I mean, they, they definitely did do as much as they could with this game. Um, like the whole final sequence of it, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. But when you beat the game, it's the most like uh, anticlimactic ending you could ever imagine. But makes you just sit there and go, huh. So that's what it was always for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and, um, you know, just kind of touching base on the grossness of uh, of the game. You know, it kind of gives you that... Um, 
it kind of gives you like that that Ren and Stimpy feel to it. It does. Um, which is which is funny because they actually did work on a Ren and Stimpy game. Yep. So that's you know probably has a lot to do with it. I mean, the um, I can't I can't remember if it was David Perry that worked on the Ren and Stimpy game, or if it was um, Douglas uh, Tenable that worked on it. On the Ren and Stimpy game, but either way, the people that worked on Earthworm Jim also worked on the Ren and Stimpy game. So I mean, it, they kind of go hand in hand with the you know the belching and and all that kind of stuff. And it, you know, for a, a young boy growing up in the '90s playing this game, it was perfect. I mean, it was gross, had that gross out factor which everybody wanted. Then it was just awesome. Yeah, yeah, and and it uh it. it harkened back to another game which i know is for the sega genesis i think it was also for the super nintendo uh called Boogerman, a pick and flick adventure uh yeah yeah and it's it's yeah. very similar to that just sort of that level of this is super immature but it's still kind of funny yeah well and another thing that i think is really cool to kind of get into a little bit of the since we're talking about the levels is in between the levels there was a whole different game that you had basically played to go from level to level where you were what is uh, i think they call it andy asteroids which <laughs> You basically were flying yep. um, through an asteroid field, trying to collect, uh, you know, different power ups and whatnot. It was really cool. I mean, it was just cool that it made you feel like you were actually going from level to level instead of like a lot of other video games where you just had to accept it. Like, okay, well, this is where I'm at now, and then the next level just starts, and you're all of a sudden in this different world. I always thought that was really cool that you felt like you're actually traveling from world to world. Agreed. Yeah. And, and the fact that they sort of had it set up so that there was a, you know, if, if Andy asteroids went south for you and you lost, then you had to fight Psycho, which is theoretically like a boss fight that you never had to have unless you lost the, the bonus levels, which is kind of fun. It's like an added level of just unexpectedness, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It was really cool. I mean, it, just the whole game in itself. I mean, it's really great. And now I know that they had, um, you know, there's a whole legacy behind it with other games that we can talk about, but I, this is the one that I played. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did never played any of the other ones. I only played the first one, um, and not for lack of not wanting to. It's just you know never, never kind of came up. But I I loved this game, and then the cartoon that came from it um, was awesome. It just such a cool idea back then. I mean, it was like perfect for when it was. Yeah, I, I think so, and and um, I've I've got a lot to say about the cartoon. I've also said a lot about the cartoon on the podcast, so I'm I'm gonna condense it down. But I mean, they definitely like went with a more Disneyfied approach, and I hate when people use the term Disneyfied, but I just did it. <laughs> uh, I mean, they they took the the grittiness of the animation. Like if you look at the promo shots for this game, or even the you know the game. Uh, image on the cartridge you know it's very dark and uh vile looking um but but for the cartoon it's so bright and colorful and and all the characters are silly and whimsical and and it works really well uh even though it's a complete tonal shift from the origin of the game yeah i i I love i love the sounds in the game too i mean oh yeah every time you get hurt every time you get hurt ow ow (laughs) that's I mean, I do, I, you know, I do landscaping for a living and I'll be out working with a bunch of, a group full of guys. And if I, you know, drop a brick on my foot or something, I'll just go, ow. And everybody, <laughs> no one gets it. They all look at me like I'm an idiot, which I probably am, but still. Well, you are referencing Earthworm Jim when you drop a brick on your foot, but that's, that's all right. I like it. Yeah, it's fun. 
Ow! <laughs> and uh, that is Doug Tenaple, the uh, creator of the character, doing the voice for him in the game. That and the groovy sort of thing. Uh, it's... Yeah, what's the other one? Uh, plasma. Yeah, plasma. Yeah, yeah, yeah plasma. <laughs> yeah, plasma. There you go. It's like very southern, uh, which awesome. as far as I know, Doug Tenaple is not southern, but I, I could be wrong. Um, the... The other interesting thing about the show is that they brought in some pretty top-notch voice actors to to voice the characters. You know, instead they replaced Doug Tenaple, who was the voice of the character in the game, uh, with Dan Castellaneta, Homer Simpson. You can't beat that guy. Um, and then just right. the other the other voices that they went with, like for Psycho, he had like this thick jersey sort of up in the air. You know, like really hard to mimic uh, thing that Jim Cummings was doing. And then. Uh, Bob the Killer Goldfish had this southern, you know, flair going on. You know, it's they did a really good job matching the characters with these pre-existing um, game characters who had only appeared, you know, once, basically. Uh, and, and like in the case of the, uh, well, jumping back to the game, just thinking of Bob the Killer Goldfish. That's one of my favorite boss fights of all time. Uh because you go yeah. in there and Bob looks like he's, you know, he's got his, you know, you think it's going to be this big epic battle and Jim just walks over, plucks him out of the fishbowl and eats him. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's the whole thing? Okay. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. It's just such a cool game. It's just so much fun. And, you know, it was, it, it had to be fun to, uh, to, to put together because I think it was just a group of people who really wanted to do something of their own and sat around and was just like, okay, we're doing this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so too. And I mean, you know, not for nothing, this game was awarded quite a few awards. It was a- awarded the best Genesis game of 1994 by Electronic Gaming Monthly and uh, was yeah, and was rated the 114th best game made on a Nintendo system in Nintendo Power's top 200 game list. And uh, those are two mm-hmm. very reputable magazines from uh, what I recall, so... Oh, yeah. To be on the top 200 list of Nintendo Powers, definitely, you know, something not to burp at, as Earthworm Jim would do. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) And not to mention, you know, not even being a Nintendo property. So that's that's saying a lot, too. Exactly. Yeah. Man, it's so awesome. I just, I was really happy earlier whenever we were talking and was like, hey, what game? And I said, I just threw it out there and you're like, yes, let's do that. I was like, oh, now I got to revisit this game. It just gives me an excuse to, and I I just, I love it so much. It's so much fun. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, it's, it's insane to think that back in that time, it only took one year in between Earthworm Jim and Earthworm Jim 2. That's whenever the second one came out. I know you said you never played it. It's okay. Um, it's, it, the second one is basically more of the same, but the variety is still there. And that's what makes it fun. Like there's levels where you're out of your suit. And, you know, you have to sort of navigate accordingly. Um, and, you know, from 94 to 95, you know, th- those two games did very well. And then this TV series happened uh, in 95 and ran from 95 to 96. And then that theoretically should have probably been the end of Earthworm Jim, but it wasn't, unfortunately. And uh, in 1999, three years after the show went off the air, uh and nobody, you know, no modern kid in 1999 was really aware of Earthworm Jim, um, unless they had their older brother's Sega Genesis or Super Nintendo. And uh, so this game came out. It was, you know, made for the Nintendo 64. It was in the time where everything was going 3D with Sonic Adventures or Mario 64 or uh, whatever have you. And it was just 
one of the worst games I've ever played. Like the camera angles were terrible. It was broken. Um, there, there's, there's actually art that made it to the back of the box, if I'm not mistaken, of a boss fight that's not even in the game. Ugh. Like that's how incomplete this thing is. They, 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 uh, and there's like I think kind of like an Andro- Andy Asteroids level floating around out there that's not in the finished product, and um, it's just uh, they, they they put so much work into it, but then just sort of dumped it out at the last minute and incomplete and everything. Yeah, well, that kind of happened. They tried to make it with PlayStation. They tried to, they yeah. actually tried to do the same thing with PlayStation. They were going to do it for the handheld, the PSP, and was in development and then just canned it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and I was really looking forward to that. I remember uh, like two of the the most awful disappointments for me uh, <laughs> in terms of video games was whenever they canceled the Mega Man Anniversary Collection for the Game Boy Advance, which was going to have all four of the original Game Boy games, and uh, and then the cancellation of Earthworm Jim PSP. Cause I was super excited for both of those, but they eventually just became vaporware, and. Uh, never happened so mm. but um in terms in terms of uh there were two other games produced this one i don't even want to really talk about because it's so terrible they tried to return to the original form but none of the original company was there anything like that it's called earthworm gym menace to the galaxy and um it's kind of like earthworm gym 3.5 but it's just not good at all because mm. they had that thing where you have to collect a certain amount of things before you can get through the level and that's just not intended for that kind of game i don't think but and then uh we did get a return of earthworm gym again in 2010 with earthworm gym hd uh which is in like playstation 4 or 3 or yeah that would be 3 at that time wouldn't it playstation 3 and xbox 360 or whatever so i'm i'm really bad with that gen of systems i don't know what was out in 2010 <laughs> No, I think it came out on PS3 and Xbox 360. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. It may have been Xbox One, but I don't think so. Yeah, the only system I had in 2010, besides my older ones, was the uh, whatever portable system they had in Nintendo and uh, the Wii. So pretty much since the first PlayStation, mm-hmm. I've been exclusively Nintendo product ever since. So Yeah, so I was Nintendo until PlayStation, and then I've been PlayStation ever since. <laughs> I've recently stepped back into the world of PlayStation, but... Uh... Mostly for Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wanna get um I wanna get a Nintendo Switch eventually. But um right now, yeah. You know, I a lot of times I don't even have time to play video games. Um that's one of the reasons why I like doing this podcast is because it forces me to at least play a little bit of video games. Yeah. I love playing them, I just it's hard to find the time. I'm right there with you, man. I mean, if it's not portable, I'm probably not going to play it. Uh, and that's the advantage of the Wii U for me. And the uh, the the reason I, I actually, whenever I found out they were making Crash Bandicoot Remastered, before I knew any of the details, I went out and I bought a PlayStation 4 and I bought a PlayStation Vita so I could have remote play. Uh, and then I was so nervous whenever the game was coming out because I didn't know if it would have remote play. Uh, so whenever I found out that it did, it was like, all right, my $500 purchase was worth it. <laughs> See, I don't have a Vita yet, but I really want to get one because I play every now and then. I'll go back and I'll play Diablo three, and I'll just mm-hmm. do another run through of it. And I really want to play the remote play on that or Fallout. I mean, I play Fallout too, so sure, yeah, it's it's a very handy thing to have. Uh, I, I use it all the time because my wife usually has control of the television, so I have to uh, I have to find other methods of uh, playing games. <laughs> so 
You know what would be really cool is if one of these independent companies somehow got the rights to Earthworm Jim and made it for the Vita. Because that's what, all that's coming out in the Vita now pretty much is like independent games. That'd be awesome to play an Earthworm Jim game on the Vita. Even if it was just, you know, ported, just the old ones ported over. That would be so fun. Oh, yeah, that that would be incredible. And the Earthworm Jim PSP, to my understanding, while the levels that we saw that are floating around online were of New Junk City, they say that there was actually, you know, a lot of new levels incorporated into that game as they were building it. So it'd be nice if they just finish it and put it out on Vita, like you said. Well, hopefully they're listening to this and they'll just do that. Exactly, yeah. And one other thought that I had, I don't know if this is fact or not, but um, I, I read somewhere that Atari was the last uh, recognized name that owned the rights for Earthworm Jim. And recent news has mm-hmm. come out that Atari so. is planning to release a new system. So it would be nice if yeah. Atari maybe brings the, the franchise back. But they need to get the original crew back on board and stop messing around with these uh, Earthworm Jim 3D Menace to the Galaxy type games. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think that would be awesome. I think that would be so awesome. Uh, well, Gary, this has been fun. I know it's going to be a little bit shorter. What in the meantime, man, I've not talked with you a while. What have you, what have you been up to? What have you, what have you uh, been doing lately? Just lately, I've been hitting the convention circuit, trying to, uh, meet some people, have some fun. And, uh, I've also been doing a few other podcasts, one of which is very appropriate for this. Uh, if you did not get to listen to me talk about Earthworm Jim, the cartoon series for long enough, there's actually like a almost two hour long episode that I did with, uh, Ben and Zane over at the Carton cast. Uh, that is C A R T O N C A S T. Uh, their tagline is that they take the O out of cartoon (laughs) and, uh, you can find them on iTunes and they're a great couple of guys. And we had a really fun time talking and breaking down Earthworm Jim, the animated series, because it's very nostalgic to me uh, and not so much to them because a lot of people weren't that familiar with the show. So it was kind of fun seeing where we met at the end of this conversation as to like how it holds up. Awesome. Well, I've not been guesting on any podcast because I've had no time to do anything, which is why I've not even done VGR in a while. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad somebody out there is still putting out some content. So, um, well, man, I, I think I've had fun, even though I miss Tim. Tim, if you're listening to this, I miss you, buddy. Um, hopefully, you know, what we, we can, th- hopefully we can finally do We're supposed to, okay, guys, if you're still tuning in, we're supposed to be doing uh, Blaster Master and A Boy in His Blob. We've been supposed to do that for like two months now, if not longer. But hopefully, man, hopefully here soon, guys, we will, we will finally be able to reconnect and do that episode. Um, I I mean, if anybody's waiting and, and like, oh, man, I really just want to hear that, just go ahead and you can message one of us and we'll just talk to you about it and you can be our friends like that. And speaking of which, we did not do any of our social media plugs, which we do on all these episodes. So um, if you're a new listener, you can, uh, you can find us. Uh, if you just go to Twitter or anywhere, um, Saturday Morning Rewind. Now, on Twitter, it's uh, we have SMR Gary. That's right. Gary's Twitter. Um, I'm Indiana Ruble. Um, Instagram, same thing, Indiana Ruble. Um, Facebook's probably one of the best places to reach out to us. If you guys go to Facebook, just look up Saturday Morning Rewind. Um, you know, reach out to us there. And we love hearing 
from our listeners. We love you guys to just get in contact with us, talk to us about what you thought about the episodes, um, given your input, your history, and the video games that we're talking about or the cartoons. So please get involved and um, talk with us. We're obviously three very lonely people that really just need the internet to love us. So let's do that. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. And you can follow Tim on uh, Twitter and Instagram as well uh, at Saturday Rewind. Um, since he's not here to plug it himself and he loves to plug his social media, uh, I figure I'll do it for him. Uh, and and just, you know, like you said, it's been it's been the past three episodes have been kind of strange. And even this month, our, our rotation as far as like what we plan to do with the podcasts are is a little bit off because normally this would be where Tim and I do our cartoon talk episode. But he's in uh, he's involved in a theatrical production right now. And it's technically what they call Hell Week. And uh, that's where, you know, they're off books and they're going at it every single night. So while we're recording, Tim is off somewhere with his theater friends. But yeah, starting next month, hopefully we'll get back onto our regular rotation cycle with a regular interview on the first Monday, a uh, cartoon talk on the second Monday, another interview on the third Monday, and video game rewind on the fourth Monday. So join us next time whenever, well, I probably won't be here unless as things seem to be going, I might be the only one running the podcast at this point. (laughs) But uh, join next time whenever... Tim is talking a boy in his blob. You're talking Blaster Master. And I have, as I promised, a humdinger of a forgotten cartridge that I'm still holding on to. And I can't wait to get that out there, too. So I think that's it for this episode. Yeah, me too. Because I still, yeah, I still don't know what that one is. So I'm excited. So, yeah, (laughs) everybody uh, just stay put. Reach out to us. Talk with us on social media. Tell Tim. Make sure everybody who listens to this, tell Tim. Let's mess with him. I want everybody just to be like, that was the best Video Game Rewind episode ever. It was so good. I can't tell what was different, but it was amazing. Guys, do it. (laughs) Do it to Tim. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, in the meantime, Gary, thanks for filling in for Tim, and uh, it's been a blast, man. Yeah, absolutely, and thank you for uh, letting me be a part of Video Game Rewind again, and... uh... We'll do it again sometime. Yep, absolutely. So until then, keep on gaming, guys. Nice. Is that the new catchphrase? I don't know. I was just making it up. <laughs> <laughs> it is now. There we go. <laughs> Tim's gonna be like I, Tim's gonna be like I left for one episode, and you guys came up with the dumbest catchphrase <laughs> ever. Keep on gaming. <laughs> Should have been here, Tim. Game over, man. Game over. Groovy.